Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link, the third one. The third link is to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, we're continuing our reading in Chapter 19 and continuing the Section 5, Obstacles to Peace, with Part B, The Second Obstacle the belief the body is valuable for what it offers. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which today is lesson, is review, is in review six. It's the review of lesson 199, I am not a body, I am free which is wrapped in the central thought of the review. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Now let me ask here, Lori, do you have a, a poetic opening for us this morning? I do, Lamoy. morning. It's called Psalm 2 from the work of Pierlinus Amidon in his book, Forty Prayers. So expressive of our lesson today. My heart is your sky, beloved. There is nothing I need. On the hills of your earth I walk upright. In the fields of your love I find peace. You have made my soul a window and opened it to you. You have taken away my fear. You have given me to know my home is in your presence, and I will live in the light of your joy forever. I am not a body. I am free. Amen. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you. I'm very well. Beautiful, Laurie. Thank you, Lori. And uh, let's see here. This morning we have with us in reading, I have uh, Fran, Lori, Ida, Jessica, Robin Marie, Donna, and Judy. And with us in listening, I have Harrison and Diana. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to say good morning and either just listen or be on the reading list. Good morning, it's Sandra. I can read. 
Great. Thanks for joining us, Linda. Okay. Well, I'll get us started then. In, uh, oh, I've got the lesson on top of the text. <laughs> Sorry. I'll get us started then in Chapter 19, uh, Beyond the Body, Section 5, The Obstacles to Peace. Part B, the second obstacle, the belief the body is valuable for what it offers. We said that peace must first surmount the obstacle of your desire to get rid of it. Where the attraction of guilt holds sway, peace is not wanted. The second obstacle that peace must flow across, the second obstacle that peace must flow across and closely related to the first is the belief that the body is valuable for what it offers. For here is the attraction of guilt made manifest in the body and seen in it. Brand. Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, Section 5, Obstacles to Peace, Part B, The Second Obstacle, The Belief the Body is Valuable for What it Offers, Paragraph 59. We said that peace must first surmount the obstacle of your desire to get rid of it. Where the attraction of guilt holds sway, peace is not wanted. The second obstacle that peace must flow across and closely related to the first, is the belief that the body is valuable for what it offers. For here is the attraction of guilt made manifest in the body and seen in it. 60. This is the value that you think peace would rob you of. This is what you believe that it would dispossess and leave you homeless. And it is this for which you would deny a home to peace. This quote-unquote sacrifice you feel to be too great to make, too much to ask of you. Thank you, Fran. And Lori. Uh, I'll back up a sentence. The belief that the body is valuable for what it offers is the attraction of guilt made manifest in the body and seen in it. This is the value you think peace would rob you of. This is what you believe it would dispossess and leave you homeless. And it is this for which you would deny a home to peace. This so-called sacrifice you feel to be too great to make. Too much to ask of you. 61. Is it a sacrifice or a release? What has the body really given you that justifies your strange belief that in it lies salvation? Do you not see that this is the belief in death? Here is the focus of the perception of atonement as murder. Here is the source of the idea that love is fear. The Holy Spirit's messengers are sent far beyond the body calling the mind to join in Holy Communion and be at peace. Such is the message that I gave them for you. 
Okay, thank you, Lori. And uh, we have one unmuted line. And uh, turn on Ida. Sixty-one. Is it a sacrifice or a release? What has the body really given you that justifies your strange belief that in it lies salvation? Do you not see that this is the belief in death? Here is the focus of the perception of atonement as murder. Here is the source of the idea that love is fear. The Holy Spirit's messengers are sent far beyond the body, calling the mind to join in Holy Communion and be at peace. Such is the message that I gave them for you. 62. It is only the messengers of fear that see the body, for they look for what can suffer. Is it a sacrifice to be removed from what can suffer? The Holy Spirit does not demand you sacrifice in the hope of the body's pleasure. It has no hope of pleasure. But neither can it bring you fear of pain. Pain is the only, quote, sacrifice, unquote, the Holy Spirit asks, and this he would remove. Thank you, Ida. And Jessica. Okay. 62. It is only the messengers of fear that see the body, for they look for what can suffer. Is it a sacrifice to be removed from what can suffer? The Holy Spirit does not demand you sacrifice the hope of the body's pleasure. It has no hope of pleasure. But neither can it bring you fear of pain. Pain is the only, quote, sacrifice the Holy Spirit asks, and this he would remove. 63. He is extended from you only to the eternal and it reaches out from the eternal in you. It flows across all else. The second obstacle is no more solid than the first. For you will neither, you will neither to get rid of peace nor limit it. What are these obstacles which you would interpose between peace and its going forth, but barriers you place between your will and its accomplishment. You want communion, not the feast of fear. You want salvation, not the pain of guilt. And you want your father, not a little mound of clay, to be your home. In your holy relationship is your father's son. He has not lost communion with him, nor with himself. When you agreed to join each other, you acknowledge this is so. This has no cost, but it has release from cost. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. Sixty-three. Peace is extended from you only to the eternal, and it reaches out from the eternal in you. 
it flows across all else. The second obstacle is no more solid than the first, for you will neither to get rid of peace nor limit it. What are these obstacles which you would interpose between peace and its going forth, but barriers you place between your will and its accomplishment? You want communion, not the feast of fear. You want salvation, not the pain of guilt. And you want your father, not a little mound of clay to be your to be your home. In your holy relationship is your father's son. He has not lost communion with him nor with himself. When you agree to join each other, you acknowledge this is so. This has no cost, but it has release from cost. 64. You have paid very dearly for your illusions, and nothing you have paid for you brought and nothing you have paid brought you peace. Are you not glad that heaven cannot be sacrificed and sacrifice cannot be asked of you? There is no obstacle which you can place before our union, for in your holy relationship, I am there already. We will surmount all obstacles together, for we stand within the gates and not outside. How easily the gates are opened from within to let peace through, the, through to bless the tired world. Can it be difficult for us to walk past barriers together when you have joined the limitless? The end of guilt is in your hands to give. Would you stop now to look for guilt in each other? Thank you, Robin Marie. And Donna. 64. You have paid dearly, very dearly, for your illusions, and nothing you have paid for brought you peace. Are you not glad that heaven cannot be sacrificed and sacrifice cannot be asked of you? There is no obstacle which you would place before our union, for in your holy relationship, I am there already. We will surmount all obstacles together, for we stand within the gates and not outside. How easily the gates are opened from within to let peace through to bless the tired world. Can it be difficult for us to walk past barriers together when we have joined the limitless? The end of guilt is in your hands to give. Would you stop now to look for guilt in each other? 65. Let me be to you the symbol of the end of guilt and look upon each other as you would look on me. Forgive me all the sins you think the Son of God committed. And in the light of your forgiveness, he will remember who he is and forget what never was. I ask for your forgiveness. For if you are guilty, so must I be. But if I surmounted guilt and overcame the world, you were with me. Would you see in me the symbol of guilt or of the end of guilt? 
remembering that what I signify to you, you see within yourself. Thank you, Donna and Judy. Let me be to you the symbol of the end of guilt and look upon each other as you would look on me. Forgive me all the sun or all the sins you think the Son of God committed. And in the light of your forgiveness he will remember who he is and forget what never was. I ask for your forgiveness, for if you are guilty, so must I be. But if I surmounted guilt and overcame the world, you were with me. Would you see in me the symbol of guilt or of end of guilt, remembering that what I signify to you, you see within yourself from your holy relationship truth proclaims the truth and love looks on itself salvation flows from deep within the home you offer to my father and to me and we are there together in the quiet communion in which the father and the son are joined O come ye faithful to the holy union of the Father and Son in you, and keep you not apart from what is offered you in gratitude for giving peace its home in heaven. Send forth to all the world the joyous message of the end of guilt, and all the world will answer. Think of your happiness as everyone offers you witness of the end of sin and shows you that its power is gone forever. Where can guilt be when the belief in sin is gone? And where is death when its great advocate is heard no more? Thank you, Judy. And Sandra. 66. From your holy relationship, truth proclaims the truth, and love looks on itself. Salvation flows from deep within the home you offer to my Father and to me, and we are there together in the quiet communion in which the Father and the Son are joined. O come ye faithful to the holy union of the Father and the Son in you, and keep you not apart from what is offered you in gratitude for giving peace its home in heaven. Send forth to all the world the joyous message of the end of guilt, and all the world will answer. Think of your happiness as everyone offers you witness of the end of sin and shows you that its power is gone forever. Where can guilt be? when the belief in sin is gone? And where is death when its great advocate is heard no more? 67. 
Forgive me your illusions and release me from punishment for what I have not done. So will you learn the freedom that I taught by teaching freedom to each other and so releasing me. I am within your holy relationship, yet you would imprison me behind the obstacle you raise to freedom and bar my way to you. Yet it is not possible to keep away one who is there already, and in him it is possible that our communion, where we are joined already, will be the focus of the new perception that will bring light to all the world contained in you. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 67, section title, and 68? New reader for 6768, including the section title. Okay, back to you, Fran. 67. Forgive me your illusions and release me from punishment for what I have not done. So will you learn the freedom that I taught by teaching freedom to each other and so releasing me. I am within your holy relationship, yet you would imprison me behind the obstacles you raised to freedom and bar my way to you. Yet it is not possible to keep away one who is there already. And in him, it is possible that our communion, where we are joined already, will be the focus of the new perception that will bring light to all the world contained in you. Pleasure and Pain 68. Your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice and to accept the peace he gave instead without the limits which would hold its extension back and so would limit your awareness of it. For what he gives must be extended if you would have its limitless power and use it for the Son of God's release. It is not this you would be rid of, and having it, you cannot limit it. If peace is homeless, so are you, and so am I. And he who is our home is homeless with us. Is this your will? Would you forever be a wanderer in search of peace? Would you invest your hope of peace and happiness in what must fail Thank you, Fran. And Lori. Um, let's see. The second obstacle of the belief that body is valuable for what it offers, pleasure and pain. Your little part is but to give the Holy Spirit the whole idea of sacrifice and to accept the peace that he gave instead without the limits which would hold its extension back and so would limit your awareness of it. For what he gives must be extended if you would have its limitless power and use it for the Son of God's release. It is not this you would be rid of, and having it, you cannot limit it. 
If this is homeless, so are you and I, so am I. And he who is our home is homeless with us. Is this your will? Would you forever be a wanderer in search of peace? Would you invest your hope of peace and happiness in what must fail? Uh, 69. Faith in the eternal is always justified. For the eternal is forever kind, infinite in its patience, and wholly loving. It will accept you wholly and give you peace. Yet it can unite only with what is already at peace in you, immortal as itself. The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither pain nor joy. It is a means and not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it. The body will seem to be whatever is the means for reaching the goal that you assign to it. Only the mind can set a purpose, and only mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion which called them forth, and therefore is compatible with them. But think you, which it is, that is compatible with you. Thank you, Lori. And Ida. 69. Faith in the eternal is always justified, for the eternal is forever kind, infinite in its patience, and wholly loving. It will accept you wholly and give you peace. Yet it can unite only with what is already at peace, but with what already is at peace within you, immortal in itself. The body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither pain nor joy. It is a means and not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it. The body will seem to be whatever is the means for reaching the goal that you assign to it. Only the, the mind can set a purpose, and only mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained, and these conditions are the home of the emotion which call them forth and therefore is compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. 70. Here is your choice, and it is free. But all that lies in it will come with it, and what you think you are can never be apart from it. The body is the great seeming betrayer of faith. In it lies disillusionment and the seeds of faithlessness but only if you ask of it what it cannot give. Can your mistake be reasonable grounds for depression and disillusionment and for a retaliative attack on what you think has failed you? Use not your error as the justification for your faithlessness. You have not sinned, but you have been mistaken in what is faithful. 
and the correction of your mistake will give you grounds for faith. Thank you, Ida. And Jessica. Okay. Um, I need you to tell me the paragraph because there's a baby here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 70 and 71. Okay. Here is your choice, and it is free. But all that lies in it will come with it. And what you think you are can never be apart from it. The body is the great seeming betrayer of faith. In it lies disillusionment and the seeds of faithlessness. But only if you ask of it what it cannot give. Can your mistake be reasonable grounds for depression and disillusionment and for retaliative attack on what you think has failed you? Use not your error as the justification for your faithlessness. You have not sinned, but you have been mistaken in what is faithful. And the correction of your mistake will give you grounds for faith. 71. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is essential that this relationship be understood for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. For it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. The attraction of guilt must enter with it, and whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful. It will share the pain of all illusions, and the illusion of pleasure will be the same as pain. Thank you, Jessica and Robin Marie. It is impossible to seek for pleasure through the body and not find pain. It is essential that this relationship be understood, for it is one the ego sees as proof of sin. It is not really punitive at all. It is but the inevitable result of equating yourself with the body, which is the invitation to pain. For it invites fear to enter and become your purpose. The attraction of guilt must enter with it, and whatever fear directs the body to do is therefore painful. It will share the pain of all illusions, and the illusion of pleasure will be the same as pain. 72. Is not this inevitable? Under fear's orders, the body will pursue guilt, serving its master whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence. Existence. This, then, is the attraction of pain. Ruled by this perception, the body becomes a servant of pain, seeking it dutifully and obeying the idea that pain is pleasure. It is this idea that underlies all of the ego's heavy investment in the body, and it is this insane relationship 
which keeps it hidden and yet feeds upon. To you, it teaches that the body's pleasure is happiness, yet to itself it whispers, it is death. Thank you, Robin Murray and Donna. 72. <clears throat> Is it not inevitable under fear, fear's orders the body will pursue guilt, serving its master, whose attraction to guilt maintains the whole illusion of its existence? This, then, is the attraction of pain. Ruled by its perception, the body becomes the servant of pain, seeking it dutifully and obeying the idea that pain is pleasure. It is this idea that underlies all the ego's heavy investment in the body. And it is this insane relationship which it keeps hidden and yet feeds upon. To you, it teaches that the body's pleasure is happiness. Yet to itself it whispers, quote, it is death, end quote. 73. Why would the body be anything to you? Certainly, what it, made of, what it is made of is not precious. And just as certainly, it has no feeling. It transmits to you the feelings that you want. Like any communication medium, the body receives and sends the messages that it is given. It has no feeling for them. All of the feeling <clears throat> with which they are invested is given by the sender and the receiver. The ego and the Holy Spirit both recognize this and both also recognize that here the sender and receiver are the same. The Holy Spirit tells you this with joy. The ego hides it, for it would keep you unaware of it. Who would send messages of hatred and attack if he but understood he sends them to himself? Who would accuse, make guilty, and condemn himself? Thank you, Donna and Judy. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Lemoyne. Why should the body be anything to us? Certainly what it is made of is not precious, and just it certainly, it has no feeling. It transmits to us the feelings that we want. Like any communication medium, the body receives and sends the messages that it is given. It has no feeling for them. All of the oh, my place. All of the feeling with which they are invested is given by the sender and the receiver. The ego and the Holy Spirit both recognize this and both recognize that here the sender and the receiver are the same. The Holy Spirit tells you this with joy. The ego hides it, 
for it would keep you unaware of it. And who would send messages of hatred and attack if he but understood he sends them to himself? Who would accuse, make guilty, and condemn himself? 74. The ego's messages are always sent away from you in the belief that your message of attack and guilt will some one other than yourself suffer. And even if you suffer, yet someone else will suffer more. The great deceiver recognizes that this is not so, but as the, quote, enemy, unquote, of peace, it urges you to send out all your messages of hate and free yourself and to to convince you this is possible, it bids the body search for pain in attack upon another, calling it pleasure and offering it to you as freedom from attack. Wow, good stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And Sandra? 74. The ego's messages are always sent away from you in the belief that for your message of attack and guilt will someone other than yourself suffer. And even if you suffer, yet someone else will suffer more. The great deceiver recognizes that this is not so. As the, quote, enemy of peace, it urges you to send out all your messages of hate and free yourself. And to convince you this is possible, it bids the body search for pain in attack upon another, calling it pleasure and offering it to you as freedom from attack. Hear not its madness and believe not the impossible is true. Forget not that the ego has decided, sorry, has dedicated the body to the goal of sin and places in it all its faith that this can be accomplished. Its sad disciples chant the body's praise continually in solemn celebration of the ego's rule. Not one but must believe that yielding to the attraction of guilt is the escape from pain. Not one but must regard the body as himself, without which he would die, and yet within which he within which is his death equally inevitable. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 75 and 76? New reader for 75 and 6? Okay, uh, back to you, friend. 75. Hear not its madness, and believe not the impossible is true. Forget not that the ego has dedicated the body to the goal of sin and places in it all its faith that this can be accomplished. Its sad disciples chant the body's praise continually in solemn celebration of the ego's rule. Not one, 
but must believe that yielding to the attraction of guilt is the escape from pain. Not one, but must regard the body as himself, without which he would die, and yet within which is his death equally inevitable. 76. It is not given to the ego's disciples to realize that they have dedicated themselves to death. Freedom is offered them, but they have not accepted it. And what is offered must also be received to be truly given. For the Holy Spirit, too, is a communication medium, receiving from the Father and offering his messages unto the Son. Like the ego, the Holy Spirit is both the sender and the receiver. For what is sent through him returns to him, seeking itself along the way and finding what it seeks. So does the ego find the death it seeks, returning it to you. Thank you, friend. And Lori. 76. It is not given to the ego's disciples to realize that they have dedicated themselves to death. Freedom is offered them, but they have not accepted it. And what is offered must also be received to be truly given. So the Holy Spirit, too, is a communication medium, receiving from the Father and offering his messages unto the Son. Like the ego, the Holy Spirit is both the sender and the receiver. For what is sent through him returns to him, seeking itself along the way and finding what it seeks. So does the ego find the death it seeks, returning it to you? Thank you, Lori. And we're we're well past the top of the hour, but uh, I do want to touch on a few of the things here Um, from 64. How easily the gates are opened from within to let the peace through to bless the tired world. Can it be difficult for us to walk past barriers together when you have joined the limitless? The end of guilt is in your hands to give. Would you stop now to look for guilt in each other? And uh, let's see. At least one more here. Why should the body be anything to you? Certainly what it is made of is not precious, just as certainly it has no feeling. It transmits to you the feelings you want. Just like any communication medium, the body receives and sends the message that it is given. It has no feeling for them. All the feeling with which they are invested is given by sender and receiver. Who would send messages of hatred and attack if he but understood he sends them to himself? Who would accuse, make guilty, and condemn himself?
And so now I would like to turn to you, Fran, and ask everybody to give Fran our attention. Thank you for doing this every day, Fran. Would you lead us in the lesson for the day? Sure. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Lemoyne. Um, hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, Review 6, and today we are on Lesson 219, which is the review of Lesson 199, I Am Not a Body, I Am Free. So I thought maybe I'd just read some from the original lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice on the, on the lesson. I am not a body, I am free. Freedom must be impossible as long as you perceive a body as yourself. The body is a limit. Who would seek for freedom in a body looks for it where it cannot be found. The mind can be made free when it no longer sees itself as a body, firmly tied to it and sheltered by its presence. It is essential for your progress in this course that you accept today's idea and hold it very dear. Be not concerned that to the ego, it is quite insane. The ego holds the body dear because it dwells in it and lives united with the home that it has made. Someone needs to go on mute, apparently. Cherish today's idea and practice it today and every day. Make it a part of every practice period you take. Be free today and carry freedom as your gift to those who still believe they are enslaved within a body. Practice well the thought the Holy Spirit gives you for today. Your brother stands released with you in it. And God himself extends his love and happiness each time you say, I am not a body, I am free. I hear the voice that God has given me, and it is only this my mind obeys. And now we'll do our five-minute practice. Let me get over there. Lesson 219, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. I am not a body, I am free. I am God's son. Be still my mind and think a moment upon this and then return to earth without confusion as to what my father loves forever as his son. I am not a body, I am free. For I am still as God created me. We'll take our five minutes.
Lesson 219. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. I am not a body. I am free. I am God's son. Be still, my mind, and think a moment upon this, and then return to earth without confusion as to what my father loves forever as his son. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. <laughs> yes, amen, and thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Oh, thank you, guys. I just love the way the the way the lesson when you read it, Fran, the think on this, that I am the Son of God, as God created me, and the hush of heaven that comes over it, because the thought is so huge and magnificent that it stills my mind, absolute stillness comes over it, and and that peace and that joy that comes with it. just beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Judy. This is Donna. It's so interesting. I started calling my body my vehicle, and I never knew that where that came from. And we went back to 199 today, and a year ago, <laughs> July the 24th, 2022, we did this lesson, or I did this lesson somewhere, and uh, that's where the word vehicle came and I thought, oh, gee, just when I thought I invented something. And then I, I made a note here and it, from paragraph six, I got the Holy Spirit is at home in me and I am him, in him. It is his voice and vision I follow or his voice I hear, his vision I see. And then I had a reference back to paragraph 27 of um, 
Chapter 18, The Dream and Reality, uh, so Section 4, Paragraph 27, down in, the, in that, and this gave me such, such relief because it, I, I made a note here. This is the meaning of our not needing to understand. And I thought, well, where'd that come from? So in that paragraph 27 of chapter 18, it's so great because just reading it today, The holiness of your relationship is established in heaven. You do not understand what you have accepted. But remember that your understanding is not necessary. All that was necessary was merely the wish to understand. That wish was the desire to be holy. The will of God is granted you, for you desire the only thing you ever had or ever were. I am complete. Oh, thanks for bringing that, Donna. Thank you. That just fills my heart. Thank you, Donna. I, I for years, called it my body suit, <laughs> my car. And using the, the metaphor as... Um, I'm just in a. I'm just in the um, the baby seat in the back seat, and God's driving the vehicle. <laughs> I love this section. It's like the triple, absolute triple, affirmation of the truth in us, and um, you know, totally illuminates the idea of the body as being an instrument of perception in the dream. And how we have this mistaken self-appraisal of the body as an image of our own making. And the Course is clear about that, how we make this image an idol to ourselves, And we claim all the experiences that we have in the world and limit them to being mine as me in a body. And that's the only problem with it, that we limit ourselves to that and call things mine. My body, my car, my house, my neighborhood, my husband, you know, my job, that, that possession and, and sense of ownership is limited to a little mini-me. And um, not to limit our, 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 our reality when our reality with a capital R is universes, multiple universes. So I find this text reading today especially illuminating, and I'm really working on the, somebody's not on mute, um, the, um, the, the, the idea that the body is the receiver, an instrument of perception, um, and it's sending out, my mind sends out what it seeks to see in order to believe it. So if I think I'm a body, I'm seeking out, my mind is seeking out to see other bodies as myself. And that's illuminated in the text today. Um, The sender and the receiver are one and the same. And that's not um, a problem. The the joy of the Holy Spirit helps me to recognize that. If I don't limit myself to it, 
I can't be held in bondage to it. I'm not a body. I am free. I am as God created me. I am as God created me, purely spirit, formless, limitless, without boundaries, without edges. It's, it's, it's infinite because it's not finite. It's not limited by on any finite boundaries or forms of matter or definition, even by words. It's wordless. And, you know, the text is, is so beautifully matched with the lessons and, and it's illuminating our minds to, to the, the sense of who we are is, isn't describable. It's beyond words. It's beyond the mind that can even conceive or perceive who and what we are. So there's no need to, to even try and understand it. I love that you shared that, Donna. I don't even need to understand it because it's not understandable by a mind that likes to define and limit by words and signs and symbols and images. So here's the meeting of the ego. And um, I wrote in my, in my book today that I want to be free of the source of pain, the source, the ego source of thinking, the ego mind that thinks. I'm a body that can be in pain because I'm still experiencing pain. And, you know, I'm asking for help and, and release and freedom from this, this false belief that I have to experience pain because I think I'm in a body still. And I can't do it. He can help me. And I'm going to ask for help today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Loved every bit of that. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. Thank you all. This is Steve. I'm, I feel like I love sharing with the course fellow students. And the main thing for me is this course is giving given me an, and is giving me an experience. It's not a thought. And this life right now is giving me an experience. And for me, I put experience over belief, thoughts. And what I'm experiencing is when I hear I'm not a body, I am free. I feel that at the moment I have this body and it is of the what I would call the material world, it is the uh, horizontal as opposed to the vertical. And that intersection, that's the meaning for me of the cross, the meeting place of the eternal with the finite. And my experience is my body, when I become aware of it, and I tune into how do I, how does my body feel? It takes me to a non-body experience of I don't know what to call it, but it is that identity. And so, for me to be experiencing this wonderful connection to that which is transcendent, as well as having this body 
and I can uh, feel. And when I tune in, it brings me right to reality right now, not mind chatter. When I get that somatic sense of my body, and then I take it, and then I feel the vertical, because it is a communication device between me and the vertical. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Yes, I just wanted to interject in here. Uh, it's Robin Marie. Thank you so much for praying for my friend Dennis, who has to breathe through tubes and, and just had a major uh, surgery that he was able to go through. And I spoke with him. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I spoke with him yesterday and uh, he's breathing and he is continuing in a body that is a communication device and it will be until he doesn't have it anymore. And so I really Hello? I really appreciate um, all of you uh, keeping that higher self for him uh, during this time. And I, and I hope that, 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 that it wasn't in any way a drag for anybody. I don't want to put any problems on this call. Uh, but I appreciate uh, the energy that this call has. Thank you. It was a true pleasure, uh, Robin Marie, and such good news that you shared today. I'm really glad he can speak with you. And um, when I pray for someone else and healing, I'm offering myself the same prayer. So it was a real privilege. Thank you. Complete. Yeah, we. <laughs> Yeah, we think alike here, Laurie. Yeah, it's the, it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive, um, Robin Marie. And, uh, yeah, thanks thanks for coming back. I'm sorry my muting you earlier tied up your phone. Uh, but thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that. I've, I've been uh, meaning to ask this morning, and I'm glad to hear it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it'd be good to have a nice, breezy exit for all of us, right? <laughs> Full of joy and happiness. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all for sharing it. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. This is Wendy. <clears throat> I'm wondering if anybody else has had this experience. I notice that my body occasionally sneezes, not out of allergy or anything, just sort of an arbitrary two sneezes sometimes. But it feels like spirit is 
is emphasizing something I just thought. And the sneeze comes to kind of wake me up and make me realize, oh, wait, what was I just thinking? But it feels like it's a confirmation of a true thought. So <laughs> just a, a, a communication between spirit and ego or separate self thinker. And uh, just the way that spirit seems to have of jostling me a little and or whatever I am, <laughs> reminding me that there's a greater reality and I'm part of it. I'm complete. Thank you, Wendy and Steve. Yeah. I really would like to hear dialogue on this um, because my experience is in the body is a communication device between separate selves in, in the manifestation of form. And anything that is manifested in form is the deceiver. The, the body is the perceiver and the separate self identifies with the body as a separate experience. And, and that, it, all the thoughts of a separate and all the emotions and feelings are merely second, secondary to first cause, which is which the Son of God is. Now, it's difficult to put this into words, but pure, pure mind and spirit doesn't need the body as a communication device because it's in complete communion with itself as love is totally in communication with love as itself and its oneness and wholeness without distinction or, or difference. And so the course, Course's language speaks of this clearly, and the experience of a no-self is when I feel in communion and whole and complete with my source, my true source, my creator, my father. When my father and I are one, there is no other there's simply no other than it. And so these are levels of understanding for me that um, perception is one level of understanding and, and true, pure perception is another level of understanding. And these are um, our, our distinctions that we first separate ourselves from the, the, the belief in separation in order to recognize our unity and our joining together. And then looking past perception, beyond perception, beyond what the, the body's eyes perceive or the body perceives, anything that the body perceives through, through the eyes in the body, the ears of the body, and it speaks of it all as being a reflection of or an echo of and not a pure perception of being in oneness. And the, the pure, purity of thought, I, 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 I don't doubt whatsoever. That's where certainty is for me, Wendy. And I, I trust that. I trust that I know who I am and I stand in that truth and I, I learn to recognize what's true and false from that trusting 
the certainty of Christ in me, not, not having confidence in Judy's discernment, but having trust in the Christ consciousness in me that I learned to listen to and define to me what is true and false. And that, that does never fail me. And peace and joy are always the outcome of that kind of understanding. Um, I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Well, this, oh, thank this you, is Judy. Morning. Thank you, Judy. I, I want to raise a point that I think, you know, it perhaps gets missed. And, and uh, you know, understanding in, in form, of, of form, is useful in form, in the world of form. You know, to know how to drive a car, or to speak a language. These things are these things are useful, but they're not they're not understanding on the level of this course where it says that understanding comes from knowledge, and the knowledge that this course is trying to guide us to is knowledge of who we are, right? So, in in Across 69 and 70, there's a question there, right? Where it says, peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. This is, these are states of being. You know, we are being, we are in a body, but not of a body. And uh, uh, <laughs> at least within the, what this, course is talking about, and I think in the eternal, and both in the eternal and the forever sense, you know, the being is what is real, is what is, is what continues. And so peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind or being to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion which called them forth and is therefore compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. And here is your choice, and it is free. Right? And so it goes on with the body is the great seeming betrayer, seeming betrayer of faith. But the, the point is that we have not sinned, but we've been mistaken in what is faithful. And where faith, again, is 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 it's uh, <laughs> it's not it's like an action, but really it's a state of the will within the being, right? So faith is also at the more at the level of being, and uh, so correction of the mistake of where we place our faith will give us grounds for faith. Uh, is what the, he's pointing at there, and that, so that you know, um, I feel like I've kind of fumbled this, but I think the, <laughs> there's a line in a course of love that I think very helpful. It says that the space of the self, and this is the self here is capitalized. The space of the self is held open by love of self. And just letting ourselves be at peace is the condition 
for loving ourselves as God loves us, as our Creator loves us. And so, you know, the other choice is guilt and struggle and pain and suffering. And, uh, you know, it's pretty simple, really. Think you which it is that is compatible with you. One is one is bound up in struggle, and we can think it's with an outside world, but it's really with our. It's always with ourselves. Either we let ourselves be at peace, or we struggle, and the body gets caught up in the in the battle, drafted into the struggle, and uh, yeah, I think it's. I think the choice there can be clear, and it is very simple. <laughs> anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was great, Lemoyne. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne. Very simply, I understand the course talking about a happy dream as opposed to an unhappy dream of illusion. But the, the happy dream is still a dream. And the whole demonization of the body is, or the uh, putting it into a non-real, doesn't exist, it's not who I am completely. Why did Jesus come into a body and walk among us? Why, if the body wasn't important, would he cure blindness with his hands? Because this is the reality of right this moment, to be living somatically and vertically at the same time. Heaven on earth uh, is possible. The expression of love through what I see right now as beautiful oak trees, what the expression of love in the physical, in the form, it's not all deception. But in the happy dream, it is something that is gone. It's a little bit like a dream, but it's a happy dream. It's not an escape from the dream. It's an inclusion of the dream, and that I'm so grateful for. People speak of, oh, I got this person just showed up and I was praying for it. There's another example of things happening in form and people giving a real big check mark on the uh, expression of the spirit through the matter. And it's how wonderful it is to be sharing this path with other embodied beings learning that this is a meeting place here of heaven and earth. Uh, and the, in the happy dream. And I wish that for everyone on this call right now to choose that love. And that includes everything. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. That was really clear. Oh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, this is Sandra, and on paragraph 69, I think it's really clear. Uh, the body can bring you neither peace nor turmoil, neither pain nor joy, because it's neutral. There's nothing wrong with the body. It's neutral. It's a, it's a communication device. It's, 
it's per, it's perfectly created to be a com- communication device. It is a means and not an end. It has no purpose of itself, but only what is given to it by the mind, <laughs> by the mind of God or the mind of the ego. It's my choice. The body will seem to do whatever is the means for reaching the goal that you assign to it. I assign whether I'm going to align with the ego or whether I'm going to align with my creator, with all of creation. Only the mind can set a purpose and only the mind can see the means for its accomplishment and justify its use. Peace and guilt are both conditions of the mind to be attained. And these conditions are the home of the emotion which called them forth and therefore is compatible with them. But think you which it is that is compatible with you. So there's that free will again. There's that power of decision. What do I want? What do I want this body? Because the body's neutral. It's going to take its orders from me. And what am I aligned with? Am I aligned with the egoic mind that wants to use the body as a weapon? Or am I aligned with the mind of God, which uses the body to extend love, compassion, forgiveness, kindness, understanding, patience? I'm complete. That was great, Sandra. Thank you. Yeah, I love that, Sandra. Thank you. Good point. Thank you, Sandra. This is Ida. Well, sometimes I do align with the ego, and then I get materialistic. It's like the ego in me seems to get tired of my spiritual practice, and then it says, go look at Amazon, look for something to buy, for God's sakes, right? Not for God's sakes, you know what I mean. But (laughs) then I always eventually get back to the ego. I mean, not back to the ego. I get back to the spirit, the Holy Spirit in me. And I'm really grateful that I do. Thank you. I'm complete. That's great, Ida. So glad to hear that. Yeah, thank you, Ida. I, uh, <laughs> thank you, Ida. I am, I just have to laugh at myself because, you know, I think, you know, when I'm tired of, uh, when I get tired of, uh, and it, when it begins to feel like I'm making an effort to control my thoughts, then I, I let it go. I relax. I, I need to relax and just be. It's in that state of being, a natural state of being at peace. And, re- and being relaxed, but oftentimes um, I, I need to, to sit down and I, I feel to see this, this word need is really important in, in, in my awareness of what I'm speaking of because only the ego needs, has needs, and um, the spirit doesn't need anything. But um, to, to align with peace and... Um, disassociate myself from the pain in my body, I'll sit down and um, 
and and read or watch TV or do a spiritual practice. And I don't think any any of those forms of what I'm doing matters. The, the, what matters is that I restore my mind and my and my joy and my peace. I restore myself to my natural factory settings because no matter what I'm seeking outside of myself, no matter what the ego thinks it needs or wants is seeking in and of itself and anything that is has that the ego mind says I need or want is it's my it's a removal from my true self and I think that subtle distinction um, I need to keep in mind that I always already am I'm already, 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 already here and now as I always have been, always am, and always will be, the Christ consciousness, the Son of God. I am not a body. It is an inside job. And that everything, everything that I can perceive or think or know is within that oneself. The... the um, there was a line, and I don't know, Lori, you probably know, or Lemoyne, that nothing, that mind does not go out. It's all internal. And it's in that chapter where it speaks of divine abstraction, or the, the mind taking um, joy in divine abstraction, which is, you know, all the thinking and, and um, being and doing you know, the expression of it. Any expression is out of that peace and, and joy and happiness that extends and expresses itself. But that the mind does not go out came to me today. It's all internal. And I don't know why or what, for what reason that came to me today, but I had to say it out loud because I know it's important in one way or another. Um, that maybe still yet needs to be totally revealed to me. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I feel like well, you're trying I, to help. I just just want to Thank say in response to your call, you you want to go ahead? You go ahead, Ida. I'll respond to Judy in a minute. Google what? What? Oh, you go ahead, Ida. I, I go ahead. To Jude, I think you were trying to help me by what you said, and and I think it did help me. That's great, Ida. Thank you. You're helping me, Ida. You know the that we all do um, think with e with egoic thinking, and um, the the practice in disciplining our minds is to reverse and turn it upside down and get us back to the truth of who we are, and to see how the egoic thinking is the source of suffering and pain. It is the misery maker. So. If I need to forget my body, if I need to forget my 
my private personal thoughts, if I need to make a big, fat, wide, empty opening for God to fill up that hole, I'm willing to do that. (laughs) That's all, folks. Thank you, Judy. But so I noticed from my ego, um, which probably is everybody's ego, we'll try to be spiritual. We'll try to say the right things so that it knows that that are uh, uh, things related to the course, things related to the truth uh, about all that. But when I'm in the state, it's still my ego. It's my ego trying to be spiritual instead of, like you said, Judy just letting myself be my natural self, which is naturally spiritual. So that's pretty tricky. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Ida. Um, I, I, I got to do this. <laughs> so, Lori, what is it that takes, what does divine abstraction take joy in? <laughs> application you know you know that divine abstraction takes joy in application which is the same as saying that giving or receiving are one in truth you know, all that I have received I will give um, and if I may I, I just uh, wanted to say uh, Holy Spirit has reminded me of lesson 151 all things are echoes of the voice for God. And at the end of that lesson, he says, and now your ministry has begun. When I hear and accept the truth of what Holy Spirit tells me about myself, about creation, about my brother, about God, about Christ, I hear, listen, and follow and um, what am I looking for then? I'm not looking for guilt or condemnation or another body to complete me or another body to sit by me on the couch and watch TV and make me think I'm in communion. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the truth. And when I accept the truth of me, it turns out I've accepted the truth of all creation and the peace of God is that understanding. And he says the same thing in this lesson, or in this reading, in paragraph 67. He says, learn freedom by teaching freedom. Learn freedom by teaching freedom. In all those years I spent in grief and darkness before I came to this call, I kept praying that God would restore unto me the joy of my salvation, thinking that to... Uh, complete me, I needed another holy instant, but it doesn't work like that. It works by teaching and learning, by giving and receiving. Teach, learn freedom by teaching freedom. Learn peace by teaching peace. And so release me. It is not possible to keep away Christ who is here already. In my heart, that's our union. Our communion, he says, is already the truth. We are already joined to Christ in truth. He's here already. He's within each and every one of us. And when I let that be the truth for me, 
it becomes the focus of my new perception just like he says I bring light to all the world that's contained in my mind and heart unified in the truth of of Christ that is the essence of the lesson I'm not a body I am free I'm not limited there's no there's nothing that contain you can contain you he says nothing can contain you nothing and we know that I know that every time I extend peace every time I extend freedom every time I let Holy Spirit reveal my brother to me in truth as part of myself um, restore unto me the joy of my salvation that joy that joy is to and Lemoyne I know you're gonna say it in what is the body identify with love and you're safe identify with love and you're home identify with love and find your self I can only learn freedom by teaching it if I'm looking for guilt or anything false I'm, I'm going to extend that same thing to myself I will have forgotten who I am and um, it's such a practical device this giving and receiving um, you know I bellyache about pain all the time this and that hurts and this and that has trouble as regards the body but for the last two weeks I've been up here looking after my sister and it's a marvelous thing that um, I think there's an unmuted line um, every time I'm doing that or involved in helping I'm not aware of bodily discomfort at all it's so natural it's just so natural to share the love of God not in words but by a demonstration of my own truth that's the basis of the new perception I'll learn freedom by teaching freedom and then the body you know the body is nothing to be denigrated it's my tool it responds to me as my servant it carries out my will he says you want communion <laughs> you want communion you want salvation you want your father to be your home there's no obstacle to our union because Christ is already here and I love how you emphasize why heaven's gate is open from within so that we can let peace bless the tired world when my awareness lands on the truth of me as Lee says it establishes the power of my peace over any circumstance and finally my favorite quote about peace is the peace of God shines in you eternally oh but it must shine outward for me to be aware of it and when that's operational I don't want anything else um, I find the natural way I'm complete thank you Lori love that thank you Lori applications the word for the day Uh, thank you, Lori. And that 
correctly to where I was guided to go for a close. And this, the, you know, the the obstacles to peace are, some, are what we put there. Or um, even, I think more accurately, the obstacles to peace are another, they're not a thing. It's not, it's not a thing unless we put our peace behind that thing. And the thing, whatever that car or house or whatever, that will not actually give us peace, um, which is a natural peace being a natural state of mind. So uh, the obstacles of peace are, uh, to peace are what we do instead, really. <laughs> And so I, from chapter six, attack and fear, the uses of projection. This is the follow-up on your beautiful statement, Lori, that, you know, we recognize peace when it's flowing out. It's it's not the only form of recognition, but it's the one that lets us know that it's... uh, attainable and shareable. But, so from 628, the ego, well, before I do that, let me say a couple other things. The mind is, the text says the mind is always creating. You know, awake or asleep and dreams, it's always active. So, it's always projecting or extending one of the two. And they're not really that dissimilar. They are the same action. The only difference is the purpose. And so I think the distinction in the course is is the purpose. So from 628 in the uses of projection, the ego uses projection only to distort your perception of both yourself and your brother's. The process begins by excluding something you think exists in you which you do not want and leads directly to you. It leads directly to you, excluding you from your brothers. However, every ability of the ego has a better counterpart because its abilities are directed by the mind which has a better voice, capital B voice, to listen to. The Holy Spirit, as well as the ego, utilizes projection. But since their goals are opposed, so is the result. The Holy Spirit begins by perceiving you as perfect. Knowing this perfection is shared, he recognizes recognizes it in others, thus strengthening it in both. Instead of anger, this arouses love for both because it establishes inclusion. Perceiving equality, the Holy Spirit perceives equal need. This invites atonement automatically because atonement is the one need which in this world is universal. To perceive yourself this way is the only way in which you can find happiness peace, I am peace, in this world. That is because it is not the 
<laughs> that is because it is the acknowledgement that you are not in this world that we had to reproject it for the world as we see it in projection is unhappy. And so, and also from 11, in the judgment of the Holy Spirit, your interpretations of your brother's need is your interpretation of yours. By giving help, you are asking for it. And if you perceive but this one universal need in yourself, you will be healed. For you will recognize God's answer as you want it to be, and if you want it in truth, it will be truly yours. Every appeal you answer in the name of Christ brings the remembrance of your Father closer to your awareness. For the sake of your need, then, hear every call for help as what it is, so God can answer you. This is the one task is to accept the atonement and that does dissolve these obstacles for peace. If it can be done and the shift made from projection to expansion. And I'm complete there and we'll end the recording here. The call will continue. Thanks to all who read and have listened. And uh, have a wonderful day. You too, Lemoyne, and thank you for that shift from projection to extension. That was great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lemoyne, Lori, and everybody. Um, uh, a saying from the courses related to what I guess Lori was sharing earlier we teach what we most need to learn. And. Um, I first got started with the course with a, a book by Jerry Jampolsky who mentioned the course and took ideas from it. And uh, and one of um, talking about guilt, one of his books is called that I read is called Goodbye to Guilt. Thanks, I'm complete.